always wanted to be a DJ. Like, I always thought it was cool. You know, I grew up on Howard Stern, all that crap, yeah. you know, and even listening to radio when you're little, hearing, you know, the DJs talk and, you yeah. know, when they, they, they uh, you know, they play a, play a song, like they'll come on the air and then they play a song and they talk in that intro portion oh, of the I, song. I used to hate that. I love it. I you like it when a, they, I, oh, I think it's the coolest thing. When they talk over the intro. Yes. I was still, it's called talking to the post. Yeah. You okay. know, with the, and Scott, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Can you go ahead and play a song for me? I want to try it. Oh, no, I'm going to have you try it. Okay. Hey, it's, uh, let's say it's, so start again, Scott. Go ahead from the top. Here we go. Hey, it's, it's, uh, I can't, I can't even do it. Let's try it again. One more time. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to make up a time. Here we go. Hey, it's a uh, quarter to 12 here on a beautiful Tuesday morning in Rochester, New York. We got sports and weather. I love Is the music gone? Oh, there it is. Do it again, Scott. Yeah, it's been playing. Jeez. You're going to do one too. So hold okay. on. Okay. Here we go. Holy crap, man. Shut up. I'm, I'm not a pro. <laughs> apparently not, apparently not many people oh, are. Oh, you're going to do it, smart ass. <laughs> so here we go. Go ahead, Scotty. Hey, it's a uh, quarter to 12 on a beautiful Tuesday. Tuesday is it? Tuesday morning. Yeah. Tuesday we already. Got, yeah, we got uh, Tuesday already. We got sports <laughs> and weather at the top of the hour. But right now we got Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits. I did pretty good. That wasn't bad. That was, that was good, good, right, Scott? Yeah, that was, that was good. That was great. Let's You're hear hired. you do one. Let's You're hear hired. you do one. Well, okay. He's going to do a different one for you. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me let me find let me look into something yeah, that would no, be, this good, be good. good for George. Uh, so. No, this one's perfect for George. Okay. okay. All right. I've mm-hmm. had no preparation. I'm just letting you Take know. Take it back to 85. Go ahead. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Here we go. Welcome back to the Weenie and the Butt Show. We're really happy that you're here this morning. It's a little bit cloudy outside, but let me tell you, it is going to be a gorgeous afternoon. So don't waste any time. Throw on your bathing suits, grab your towels, and hit the beach. Th- he's singing already. Oh, shoot. You talked I right over it. Up. You see, too long. You see, in real radio, yeah, that Scott. actually counts down. <laughs> There's oh, an you can watch time. it. You can oh, watch it. Is that how they do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Oh, so why, Scott, you want to do one? A little ramp. I. Uh, Let, I let's hear Scott. Yeah, do let's one. hear Scott. Yeah, he's a pro. You, yeah, you are the pro. <laughs> do it. Be doing it. Which song would? Pick <laughs> your choice. Pick one of them. I'll, I'll pick one that only has like a two-second ramp on it. Ooh, so ramp. ramp. That's that's yeah. radio talk. Ramp. Ramp. Intro. Intro. No, no. Why don't you guys just move on? I don't. I don't have. Oh, you don't want to do it? No, I don't have anything set up. All right. Maybe at the end of the show. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do a sign. Maybe we'll have our guests do one too. Or a swell. He's an improv guy. I bet he'd be great at it. Yeah. That's. Oh. Introduce our guests and let them do what. We, stand by, Scott. Go stand ahead. by, Scott. I want we'll to hear pick this. Um, we are very excited. We're always excited, but we're very excited uh, to bring this guest on today. He is a storyteller, an improviser, and a teacher. And I'm emphasizing storyteller because as I told this gentleman uh, before he joined uh, the show, we were communicating. The basis of the podcast that Todd and I have created, Curious the George podcast, is on storytelling. People learn from stories. So we are bringing on... Um, an actual storyteller who might yeah. be able to school us, Corey Rosen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. It's a it's a beautiful Rochester morning. It's a oh it's no no you're gonna do it to the music. That's easy. Trying yeah. You're this guy jumping in. You know yeah. Sultan's a swing, oh, we, right? Are we just doing it right away. You know Sultan's a swing. Well, I, well, yeah, we'll play Sultans of Swing, and, and then you do Let's it. hear you talk up to the vocal. You ready? All right, all right. Go Scott, ahead, Scott, will I be able to hear it? Will I be able to hear the music or no? Sure. Well, let's see. <laughs> go let's ahead. See. Here we go. He's going to see what we can do. Okay. 
Are you heading to Penfield? Okay. Well, you know you got to watch out for some traffic on Monroe Avenue and uh, take a take it nice and slow because the ice, uh, roads are a bit icy. Did I make it? Uh, almost. That was good. That was good. But ah, you, you, you put more flavor in it than we did. That was good. He that, talked about the icy okay. roads. That was really good. See, he yeah. got he got local yeah. and personal, which we were supposed to do. How do you know Penfield? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Roger. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, what am I? I don't know this. Did I know yeah. this? Apparently not. I don't okay. Know. Well, I, okay. I, I knew he's. I knew he's a Rochester guy. Give me your attitude. I'm sorry, Corey. It's George. He's very cranky. All right. I hear you. No, I think. I think. Something I already learned from that experience, it seems easier than it actually is when you're talking over the music and there's this pressure that the song is going to start and it's counting down, uh, you know, you you don't want to screw it up. Yeah, it's kind of like watching a movie and being like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And then the camera starts. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And like Scott new, says, new, it, he says there's a little timer when you're doing it as a real DJ. He was a real DJ, Scott. Yeah. You didn't I, know that, did you? I did know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hot 97 have, or something. Now I have more appreciation for <laughs> oh, no, DKX. That's right. I appreciate Brother Wheeze more than I ever did now. That's, uh, <laughs> he never yeah. talked what to the, the post. Last <laughs> when was the last time he even intro to song? Never. Yeah, seventy-five. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've lived in Rochester, so oh, that's yeah. dating it myself. It's so bro, this is really great. All right. Anyway, Corey, apologies. So, um, <laughs> storyteller, improviser, teacher. Let's just kick off. What look? We're we're coming out of a very interesting uh, time in history. What's happening mm. with you, like right now at this moment? What have you been doing so while you've been holed up? this moment, so just to give some some context for people, I am a Rochester native. I now live in San Francisco, California, and I have made my living for the past 30 years or so in the visual effects and animation uh, industries yeah. Sweet. with a crossover in performance because I was always a performer and an and a actor and improviser. And I wrote a book, and the book has just come out. It's called Your Story mm-hmm. Well yep. Told. Well told. And it's kind of a manual for people to tell their own stories better. Awesome. Yep. Now, yeah. you're, you're also being very modest. Um, I, I do know <laughs> I did do a little research. Um, you've done work on the movie Rent from 2005, nice. The Day After Tomorrow. From 2004 yes. and yeah this one don't wet your pants scott star wars episode now here's what's interesting star wars episode 4 1977 so this was on the when it was re-released because you're you're, you're way you're way too young to to you know you would have been in the theaters with young. us was this the the exactly. lucas remastered yes so nice. my story my story wow. in a nutshell is when i when i um was in college I, uh, I interned at Lucasfilm, Industrial Light and Magic is oh ILM uh, Lucasfilm's special You're out effects in Marin division. County? I just peed. In Damn. Marin County, yeah, I know. And the summer that I interned there was a very fortuitous summer because it was the summer that Jurassic Park came out, oh my God. which itself was a pivotal film, you know, in kind of movie history, but oh, especially yeah. special effects history oh, because yeah. it sort of signified the change from puppets, handmade, you know glass matte painted background you know like traditional we now call like traditional visual effects to digital computer animation so you know in terms of like a learning on the job opportunity it was a great situation for me where i was able to basically learn by doing and one of the first projects that sort of came our way was this restoration or sort of re-release of the original star wars trilogy so 
before George Lucas made the prequel films at the end of the 90s, there was this kind of lull that you might remember where there was like after Return of the Jedi, there was kind of no Star Wars for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, at which point George was basically getting married, raising kids, adopting kids. Like he was just doing his own life stuff like people do. (laughs) So yeah, rich guys. So what... um, what he decided to do is basically restore the original Star Wars trilogy. So one of my first movie credits was a movie that came out when I was four years old, but I do technically have an IMDb credit on Star Wars. I saw that Sweet. and I was like this, because yeah. at first I'm thinking, oh, he did episode one and I was going to like totally yeah. feel like just rank on you a little bit. But I was like, oh, wait, yeah. episode four, you're a part of history. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I actually no, got I, the remastered I share the blame, DVDs. I share the blame for ruining Star Wars too. Episode one, I was part of that. So oh, our generation. Are you yeah. responsible for Jar Jar Binks? But the next, you know, the, the millennials <laughs> love episode one. That is a thing. That, that is a thing. There is a whole generation of people. That is their, that is their Star Wars. Jar Jar yeah. Binks and and Watto. Really? I was there's partially a, there's responsible a, there's for a segment Watto. of society that enjoyed nice. that. Huh? Yeah, the younger, the millennials. Oh, that's their, I didn't that's like it. their Star Wars. Yeah, I did not dig it. Explains a lot because it was I, garbage. I like Solo because <laughs> 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 it was garbage. Yes, this um, is a, Solo. Yeah. I actually worked on as well. So, did you really? Did you? Oh, I really like that. Yeah, me too. yeah, I yeah. thought that was well done. So I still sort of have a foothold in the special effects. I still work at a, a effects studio. I work for Tippett Studio, which is a Phil Tippett was the stop the animation guy from yeah. the original Star Wars movies. He did the at at Walker. I don't know yeah. how, how nerdy is this podcast. Pretty, I'm just well, you, you, my, well uh, I, I, George is a nerd. Yeah, he's I get, just a good get, looking nerd. Okay. I get. Ex- thank you. Yeah. I get exactly what you're saying. So do continue because the adats that came, the adats and actually the Imperial walkers came from the San Francisco pier with the giant cranes that take you the containers off. The, look at you. They look like them. He's when you, got, he's got the context. Scott yeah. didn't got even the know context. that. Yeah. You go next um, time you're in San so, Francisco. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the purposes of this podcast, I did not know that. You didn't for certain, because Scott, our, the producer here, he's a huge uh, movie buff and nerd. So... <laughs> Love yeah. you too, Todd. I actually well, have it's I, not I, a Star Wars story. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear a funny Star Wars story? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So would our listeners. I uh, I did ruin Star Wars a little bit. Okay. Like, and I don't just mean in the Jar Jar sense, like in the, the original Star Wars, like the Star Wars of your childhood, the original Star Wars, part of the restoration of the original movie was to add things to it so does anybody remember that that there were scenes added to oh the special hello editions? yeah there was the extra i remember the uh, stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. uh, on the giant lizards in the desert and then uh the cantina scene there were a lot more aliens in there and even uh mos eisley there was a lot going on there and then the explosions yes. are a little different what about all the extra exactly. stormtroopers that they added when uh when han solo comes upon them it yeah, was yeah, originally yeah. it was like four and then suddenly yeah. there's a whole battalion of them there and Corey just did that. more more of everything that's so awesome what, so wait wait but what's the ruined yeah so so part of my job because remember this is early in my in my career my job was to do restoration and what that meant was that the original film that star wars was shot on had to be scanned into the computer cleaned up of like dirt and scratches and dust and then we would add the special effects so i was at the very beginning of the Oh process to so hand paint scratches and dirt and dust right yeah yeah and so for like the opening shot that beautiful God. shot where the spaceship the star destroyer flies over your head and it just keeps going yeah, and the going, rebel blockade right? runner it was after yeah 
look at you. Yeah. I'm just trying to nail Scott I, here. I told just you, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Corey, nail- go ahead. <laughs> it's crazy, these two. Sorry, Corey, please. Check, check, My apologies. I'm sorry, it does a check in the George column. George yes. just got extra points for that. Wow. He may not be able to intro a song during the ramp, no. but he can name check a rebel blockade runner. <laughs> Very yeah, well. Right. Um, so I had to like clean, not just clean the film, like I had to clean like the star field. So when I'm talking about clean, I mean like there'll be like a little white pop on a black background and it's like, is that a star or is that a piece of dirt? And I had to discern oh. between right needed or not needed and so long story short in the scene where we added job of the hut <sighs> i accidentally erased han solo's entire ear because i thought it was a piece <laughs> of dirt and frame by frame i kept erasing the same thing until i looked at it and i was like no that was his entire ear oh. he has no ear in one shot in that movie and i showed it to the supervisor who of course wasn't looking for the ear he was looking for dirt so it's in there so So on my dvds of this there's going to be a hanso i'm going to go i'm going to yes i still have dvds and i still can play them um (laughs) what do you have the vhs tapes because it's also on your vhs tapes oh no i don't i have those (laughs) wow Can't play and them. we're on the weenie, the weenie and butt show. Yes. Yeah. Weenie yes. in the butt. Um, Corey, that's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, I did help to ruin Star Wars. Yeah, I, I love it. We're so little bit. Now, now there's gonna all, you're gonna get all these like hate things on Instagram and Who is? they're gonna Corey. They're yeah. all gonna they're yeah, once this once this airs, yeah. they're all gonna you know, jump on. You ruined it. Yeah. Um we found him. Yeah. Um so I get. I'm getting now, based on your past, where the storytelling storytelling comes from. But what was the what was the what was the pivot? So into this, you know, mm. okay. And I know that the book is more current. So before the book, what was the pivot into? Yeah. Hey, storyteller, improviser, teacher, all things that I'm mm. I'm very very fond of. Um, storytelling great. and teaching, great. I'm great at improvising. Well, you you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> need some work there, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, great question. Um, so, you know, I, when I was growing up in Rochester, like I was, I was always in the plays in school and, you know, show choirs and all that kind of stuff. So I was very performative and I was kind of an actor, but to be honest, I was kind of afraid of like making my living in the, on the, in the performing side of the theater. Like to me, that was too much man. risk or, yeah, it was just, it's, it's, I have so much respect for people that, that, put their life in the arts. My brother is an actor in New York. Like he is, he is doing it and he's doing it well. Um, for me, it was scary. So I moved more into like the behind the scenes, the special effects, the, that side of it, but I never could like shake it. So I was always, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say gigging, but like I was on the side, I was doing improv classes and skits and sketches and making little short films of my own. Um, and this thing came along a couple of years ago called The Moth, which is like a, a NPR podcast and radio show. And it's basically a forum where people come and they tell true stories on stage. And it's a really good show. Like I would listen to the show. Okay. And what I liked about it is that these weren't actors or authors or professionals. These are just people with an interesting story to tell. And I liked it. So I started going and I, I went to the first show. It turns out that they did in San Francisco. And it's like a competitive show. So I won the show with a story that I told and the producers from from the main like New York office were out in San Francisco for that show. And because I won it, they asked, they're like, do you want to be the host of the show? 
So wow. I kind of got this crazy night where I went from being a fan of the show to being on the stage and hosting the show. So it really was a wow, great, that's great. Um, opportunity. And then just being around storytellers, you know, uh, night after night, month after month, um, I tur- sort of turned that into classes where I started teaching and working with other people on telling, telling their stories. Because in the realm of telling true stories, I mean, we're all storytellers, right? We're always telling stories. It's how we connect and communicate with each other. It's some would argue it's how we yeah. survive by sharing our stories and our information with each other. Yeah, how you learn. But um, yeah, but um, the fact is, a lot of people aren't very good at it. Right. Like they'll tell a story that goes on and on. It doesn't seem to have a conclusion. It doesn't go anywhere, and they'll just kind of truncate their own story and end it before they actually get to the punchline or the the juice of it. So really the book came out of that is like, how do we identify these moments in our lives that would be good stories? Not just like things that happen, but like a story and how do we tell them better? So the teaching <laughs> came from these classes. So you did the classes, you were, you were yeah. hosting the show, you were teaching these classes on storytelling, and then you got approached about a book and- yeah. And so the book then was your own process and, and is it other it's stories of other people as well or? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's basically divided into three. I, I kind of divide my own process into three kind of chunks. Yes. Let's and hear it's that. how I work with my students as well, which is basically like the first part is ideation. Like, like where, where, what are my stories? How do I find my stories? If I was to just ask you, tell me a story, a lot of people would kind of freeze up be like, uh, uh, and they would think that they would have to tell like their big story, the time they almost died, the time they fell in love, the time they fell out of love, their marriage, their divorce. And the thing is, there's like, we've got millions of stories. You know, our lives are filled with these stories. It's what happens when you have dinner with someone and they tell you about something that happened to them today. And then they go, oh, that's where that reminds me of this time that dot, dot, dot. And we launch into our own memories, our own stories. So it's about kind of uh, taking from from the, the you know, improv sure. mindset idea of being kind of open to exploring an idea, whether you know if it's a good idea or not, is like mm-hmm. just like just going with it and sort of seeing where that idea takes you. So that's kind of the first part. The second is structuring, like like shaping it. And then the third part is performing it, like actually telling that story. So performing it, besides the obvious you know, implications of that, do you also work with a lot of authors, independent authors and help people with the, like, it, 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 would, would you say this can apply to like a type of like ghost writing or consultation on books? Yeah, I think, I mean, it really does apply pretty broadly. I, in my classes I've had, I had a minister recently who wanted to tell better sermons. I've oh, had wow. a woman who is a hospice worker who listens all day to people's life stories. Oh, yeah. And she wanted to basically be able to communicate and sort of share their stories back with the world and lessons that she's learning from these people at the end of their lives. Um, I had a pole dance teacher, someone who owns a pole who wanted to sort of tell her origin story. And I had an Oscar nominee who wanted to tell an Oscar speech that didn't suck, you know? And so like it could really, in business case studies, personal stories, stories are stories and we all like to be told stories. Right. So I think that it generally, I mean, it's like, it's sort of, I mean, I guess I, I thought of it initially about like the moth and people getting on a stage and telling a story, but this works in the boardroom as well as it does across a dinner table from someone you're on a first date with. Yeah. 
No, and, and I'm happy to hear you say that, especially when it comes to just on the business side of things, because again, a big part of this podcast, not so much business, but with everything going on, you know, uh, there, there's so many things out there right now where, you know, you get, uh, you know, 10 things you should do now, three yeah. ways to lose weight, right. you know, blah, 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 you know, all that crap. You Have get better you, sex and five easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And you get texts, emails, yeah. all this junk. Yeah. And yeah. we just were like, you know what? No, we just want to bring people on like yourself and just let people take what they want. So there's people today that are going to hear hear your story. And, and obviously there's more we have to go into on it. And, and they're going to, you know, there's certain things that might be like, well, I don't think I'd ever do that. But wow, I never thought of this. I can try this. Or they might be like, hey, you know, you you started off in one thing, you know, special effects, and you had this amazing career. You worked on some amazing films, yet you carved out something else that you wanted to do even more. Yeah, and yeah. and you went and you did it. It wasn't all about like, oh, I work at ILM because a lot of people get there and they would just be like, oh, I'm just going to stay here for life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. But there's people yeah. out there that get into something, but they're still they they haven't found it. And they still yeah. yearn for it, but for whatever reason, they don't go for it. And I, I kind of totally. like that you, you know, you had this great, you already had this great career, but there was still something else that you tried to do. And now you're kind of doing, it's like your recessive gene came out and now you're, you're kind of pursuing that. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's how I look at it. I, I love that. I think, I think that's, you know, a sort of a nice aspirational thing that, that I was able to find some balance in my life between that because I really do. I felt like I had this this great job that that I really did love. It was my dream job. I got it, you know, young, early in my career. Yeah. But I also had this hobby, this thing that I like to do that was different than what I was doing at work. You know, spending all this time working on these, you know, some wonderful, some terrible movies. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> Twister, nobody's favorite movie, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Flubber, you Ooh. know, nobody's like a list of classics. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, uh, I also had this, this aspect here and that what I've been able to kind of do is to sort of merge those two things of like, here's the thing that I do. Here's the thing that I, I want to do or like to do and sort of like allowed them to not compete with each other, but to sort of support each other and to work together. What's the most outlandish guess, story that's been brought to you? That somebody said, hey, That's I want to one. tell this story. Uh, What's the most outlandish? Or have there ever been one that you're like, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to tell this? <laughs> there's a great one that I heard not too long ago um, where what happens. So what happens at the at the moth at these shows is that people get up on stage. And like I mentioned, they don't necessarily they're not storytellers. They're not professionals that tell stories. And so. The, the way that that show is structured is there's like a theme. So like all the stories on that night will be around that theme. And so sometimes people just come to the show, they're brought by somebody else and they go, oh, I've got a story like that. And they'll put their name in and not really know what they're getting into. And so, so this guy gets his name pulled early in the show and uh, this is pre-pandemic. So he was actually at a theater filled with like 400 people and the guy gets on stage, you know, and he's like, you know, a you know, guy's got a mustache and shaggy hair, you know, probably in his uh, late 50s, early 60s. He um, gets up on the stage and he's just like, like he's laughing at himself already. And he gets up <laughs> on the stage because he goes, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I did this. Because he's now watched like three or four stories that were like heartfelt stories, people telling about their lives and their experiences and maybe, you know, a pet who died. I don't know, like just like people telling these sort of like sincere stories. And he goes... The story I'm about to tell, 
I've never told to anyone ever. Uh -oh. It's like a secret that I've held. Oh, and my two kids are here. <laughs> and one of them, one of my daughters is with her boyfriend and his mom. So like already the stakes for this story are so high because we're see we're about to basically watch a man confess a secret in front of 400 people and the people that are the closest to him. Those poor kids. And the story was about, you know, um, those like books like Let's Go and Lonely Planet and all those like travel books that like when you go like backpacking in the summer and oh, you yeah, like, open yeah. the book and it has all the youth hostels. Yeah. Yep. So those are, I guess, are written by college kids. Like that's, they send college kids to go to every crappy restaurant in, you know, Yugoslavia. And then they write, let's go Yugoslavia. And it's just like a two line summary. Yeah. So that's what this guy's job was in college, but he didn't get Yugoslavia. He got like Death Valley, California, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. there's like three motels and two restaurants and a few whorehouses, you know, brothels. <laughs> oh, here we go. So he was telling about going to a brothel and being recognized by a girl from high school. It's like, hey, Dan, like recognized him in the in the <laughs> brothel in in the. So he basically is admitting. And this is a guy. He's a doctor now. Oh, so he's admitting <laughs> this sordid story from his youth, and it's just like the whole audience at one point is, you know, basically shocked and, and stuff, but also just delighted and amused by watching this guy go through this epiphanous moment that telling his story, like released his secret out to the world. I thought he was going to say kids who were in born anymore. in a whorehouse. That's, <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> That's your real mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that was an example no, for me of like, Sometimes a story will come out and then as like a, as a storytelling teacher, I'll be like, okay, if I was to work with that person, like how would you now shape that into a, a better story versus right. the way that it's almost like I just told it, which is more like there's a secret. And then at the end I reveal what the secret is, sure. which you, itself is, is a structure. You, you know? help polish the story. Have you worked with anybody who's worked on a Ted talk? Oh, good. Yeah. Question. That's a, that's a, that's a big thing right now. I think yeah. a lot of people, the concept of like my origin story is a very, it's a big deal. And I think that that's a challenge for people. So I have like some games that I like to play that help to bring that out. Um, so do you want to play a game, you guys? Let's play a game. Oh my God. Perfect. Here we go. All right. So, so let's start with um, George. George, I'm going to ask you in 60 seconds only to tell me the story of your life in 60 seconds. Okay. Uh, tell me when you're ready. I'm going to start the timer. Um, okay. You only have 60 seconds. So whatever right, you ready? choose go. is, is yeah. going to be right. Okay, go. Here we go. Yep. Born in 1968 to two Greek parents. Grew up in the church every Sunday, but not too crazy till I was 16. Uh, loved being in high school, but by junior year was ready to get the hell out. Uh, my senior prom date ended up sleeping with some other guy and I didn't care. So I just left her at the prom and drove what? home. Oh yeah, good story. And then uh, <laughs> went to college, and again in college, wanted to leave junior year, left junior year, moved right to New York City, and lived there for over twenty years. And then got the seconds. travel bug and moved and worked in London, Amsterdam, Spain, and Australia. And uh, hmm. then decided that I just I knew that at my core I was a really great leader. So I, then <clears> I started moving into jobs that allowed me to storytell, lead groups of people and strategize because they really enjoy that. And that's where I am today. Great. Okay. That 60 seconds. Way to go. Okay. Nice job. Excellent. All right. 
Todd, it is your turn. You okay. have 60 seconds to tell the story of your life. Are okay. you ready? Yes, go. All right, begin. I was born in 1969. I was uh, born in Rochester, New York, raised in Norwich, New York, a very small rural town. Uh, moved back to Rochester in 76. Uh, grew up in a, a, a fairly uh, easy household, but mother with borderline personality disorder made it a little difficult. Um, I went through school, barely got out of high school. Uh, I got out with a D, uh, went to art school in Pittsburgh, uh, graduated with a degree in graphic design and marketing, had nothing to do with it, ended up working for Wegmans Food Markets for eight years. Uh, from there, I moved on to a catalog company where I worked for 14 years, and now I work with a comedy club here in Rochester. I also do stand-up comedy. Um, I also did a one-man show about my mother uh, living with a, a mother who had borderline personality disorder, which I went out and vented to the world and told them all about it. And uh, it, it was a, a, a struggle, but it was something I did. Um, I have a wife, I have two kids, um, both are out of college and they both live at home with no intention of leaving. And, uh, <laughs> and stop, I, right. and stop. Nice, all right. <laughs> so here's the challenge now. That was, okay. by the way, that was amazing. You guys both did an amazing job, like taking your lives and condensing them into 60 seconds, which itself is not, is not an easy thing to do. But here's the next level. We're going back to George now. Okay. You got to do it one more time, but you can't include anything that you've already told us. Mm. So this is the story of your life in 60 seconds, but you cannot repeat. So what? remember, just to recap, you, you talked about um, your heritage, you talked about your yep. schooling, you yep. talked about college, you talked about kind of your career stuff. So you have to do the story of your life without any of the things that you just said. Oh, okay. so you mean even with, well, career, I didn't mention any companies I worked for or anything. You mean just or just in general, I can't cover cover career at all. I don't want you to cover a career at all. This is the uh, the story, the other story of your life, the story that you would tell of your life. Got and, it. And okay. Maybe it's nope. Like, nope. No. Okay. I totally got get it. it. Got it. Here we go. You got it. All right. Yep. Sixty seconds begins now. So I've got a younger brother, um, and we had so much fun growing up together. Um, it, it, his name's Demetrius, but I couldn't pronounce the name, so I used to call him Mistrius. And uh, <laughs> the way I used to bully him. When he would finally learn how to sit up, I would walk by him and push him down onto the ground. So he thought it was funny. I just was doing it because I was trying, kind of being a bully. Um, but we had a great time growing up together. He excelled more on the athletic scene where I excelled more on the social scene. Um, we were both very fortunate to grow up with two grandmothers, both lived to a hundred. One we were closer to simply because of proximity. And um, I was her firstborn on my mother's side. So I used to take her out for fun picnics and whatnot. And then once in a while, I'd invite my brother along as well. Um, but really loved spending time with my grandmother. Um, and then as we got older, we experienced more of my father's side of the family, who we loved just as much, if not more, simply because there were more kids our age. And um, those relationships still exist today. And time. Incredible. George, that was amazing. Todd, hmm. your turn. Okay. 60 seconds. You can't repeat anything that you've already I guess I can told keep us. the podcast, Scott. I'm doing all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> begin. Uh, I'm a lot of people don't know. I am, uh, I've never drank or done drugs in my life. Um, main reason because I grew up with an alcoholic grandfather, I would see him drink. And, uh, that's, uh, the reason I don't drink. I have, um, 
two older brothers. Uh, one's five years older. The other is uh, four years older. Uh, the one five years older was a, uh, a athletic, uh, the head athletic trainer for the Sacramento Kings for 27 years. And uh, the other one is a, a, a assistant provost at a university. And um, I tell dick jokes on comedy stages for attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, in high school, I had a, a couple jobs. I worked at a home improvement center called Chase Pickin here in Rochester. I also delivered pizzas. One time while delivering pizza, a man came with no pants to the door and took the pizza from me. You don't see that much these days. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't deliver pizza. Um, let's see what else. Uh, my father worked for 32 years for a company called Champion Athletic Wear, which is very popular with the youth today. Um, was and back time okay. and time. Nice. All right. Let's uh, let's let's debrief for a second. Okay. So you guys both good. told the story of your life in only sixty seconds, two times. Yeah. And you told very radically different stories. So what is your observation about each other's stories, or about maybe your own stories? Um, I know init initially, I think I always defer to people. Don't need that much detail, so I just like to go in at a high level, and then when somebody asks a second time, then I'll go a little bit deeper. And so I, I, I guess for me, it's like, here's who I am. And then here's who my family is. And then I guess if you went a, a level deeper, I'd be like, here's who my friends are. And then get in more like the, the all the fun we've had together, the comedy, the geeky nerdiness yeah. where it came from, that type of thing. I know I kind of feel it's oh, a little right. bit cathartic for me. Yeah. Todd? Um, about myself? Or about well, just, George. I, like, maybe which, which in general, which stories, whether it was your own or George's, which story did you prefer, the first or the second? Uh, I preferred the the first, um, I, just because it, that was more of me in a nutshell. Um, it, like George said, and, and in so many words, um, you yeah. know, I could have, you know, elaborated on a lot of it, but we only had a minute. Sure. But I feel yeah. like the first one was, you know, the better way to go. Nice. I, uh, for, for me, as a complete outsider and not knowing you guys, I liked both of your second stories because for me, they were more emotional. They were about your grandpa and your grandmas. They were about your brothers. They yeah. were about your, your inner lives more than about your resume. They weren't a list of mm. what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a story, I'm more drawn into like the humanity, you know, and like, what can I relate to? I know what it's like to deal with alcoholism. I know what it's like to love or lose a grandparent. I know what it's like to um, fight with my brothers. Like all of the things that make us um, ourselves are also the things that connect us with other people. So like, those are the kinds of things that for a person working on their own story, they have to remember, like get past the list, you know, like Chase Pitkin is interesting, but it's like, you know, um, Finding you know finding the the balance in your life between your provost relative and your dick joke telling stand up personality <laughs> yeah. and how do those stand in contrast to each other? Yeah. To me, that's the stuff of like that's interesting. That's conflict. That's comedy. That's all of those things. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Thanks for doing that. No, no, no. Thank you for this. Is I you know I wish we had more guests. I'm glad we got to do something like that. I wish that that more guests would would would. I don't know, demonstrate their talents like no, that. Right. This yeah, is great. No, right. Yeah, that was cool. I love it. It's almost like quick yeah. therapy. You know, yeah. like you're well, sitting. Well, st storytelling is a little bit like therapy, right? It is. Right? Like you're know. telling your story. You're not just telling us what happened, but you're reliving it, experiencing it, and we're connecting with, yep. with you through it. So it is. 
No, I love I it. I have to. I have to often tell people, like students of mine and stuff that I work with, like, just you know, I'm not a therapist. Yeah. I I will look at your life as a story <laughs> and look at the story, but I can't tell you what to do. Like I don't have that training. No, uh, but I can tell you how to fix it in post. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> let let's move right into the book because I know you've got a um, you've got a couple of uh, I believe. Even next week and the next two weeks, you get, you've got quite a few events coming up on the book. So, what, yeah. so let's talk a little bit more about the book. The it, it's been released, uh, yeah. reception. Do you re even read reviews? Um, I've seen some really great recommendations from people. Yeah, and, and then um, and it's really talk exciting. about some of your I'm, upcoming I, events. Yeah, so right. I mean, writing a book is my first book. It's my yeah. first time published. So, it's one of those things where. To me, the first thing was like, are people going to buy the book? And yeah. then after they did, I was like, oh, and people are reading the book too. Like that, honestly, I forgot about that part. People are like calling me like, oh, I really like this part. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot that that's in there um, because I've been working on it for you know for a while. Um, and so, yeah, part of the way that, that I enjoy, I guess, talking about the book is sort of like what we just did. So I've got a couple of events coming up um, yeah. because of the world that we live in right now. Anyone can participate because they're it's you know they're all on Zoom and things like that, and they're mostly all free and put on by local bookstores in different places in uh, Miami and in Chicago and in LA. I'm actually going to be coming to Rochester in July. Nice. I don't have those okay. uh, specific dates announced yet, but I'll let you know. Um, and. The format for that is going to be different. Like, I don't like those kind of author events where it's like, I am now going to read an excerpt of my book. Like, right, it's just right. not did, that yeah. kind of. It's like by the it's book not on that tape. Kind of book. <laughs> yeah. So what I prefer doing is is it's sort of like we just did, like some some games, some conversation about stories, some telling stories, and then some tools that people can use to tell their own stories better. So it's it's less about listen to what a good storyteller this guy is, yeah. and more like. What are some things that that I could use to to tell my own stories better, or maybe just the motivation to start telling your story? Right. No. No. I listen. I, I think that's a. Um, it's such a useful tool, and it it's is. just something that I, I've been trying to get across here, and I feel like even from now, just talking to you in the in this in this time that we've had, it's like, it's 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 very informative to. You know, not only you know how I tell a story on the show or how I might guide other people, you know, in the future on the show, but then I think about about work and and the, the teams I have to deal with each day because the way my teams learn is through stories, and that's the only way mm. I ever learned. That's how people are like, "How'd you know?" You know, because I'm full of useless information. I think sometimes, sometimes, and, yeah. sometimes, yeah. and. Uh, and, but I get a lot of that through the, through the stories of, of mentors I've had, or even bosses I've had. And it doesn't matter if you like, that's what I try to tell people. It's like, sometimes having a bad boss is good. I had one boss that was, we won't get into it, but he just, you know, never got a, I never got a review. There was always a compliment, but it was a backhanded compliment. But I learned so much from this guy because he loved yeah. to talk. And you could hear his yep. stories. And so I learned from his mannerisms. I learned a lot about him from what type of questions he liked to ask, how he answered people. <laughs> you learned what's important to him. And then you also learn what's just like, hey, this is a great thing to emulate or oh, this is so fucking shallow. Like, I'll never do this, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I really I really love that type of um I don't, I don't know. Storytelling to me, that's why when Tom first reached out and, and I started researching you a little bit, I was like, 
I don't know. You know, you could have been a co-consultant on the show from our first episode on. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's I, I think it's it. really, really it. cool. Um, so Tom, Tom, yeah. our friend in common, he and I lived together in San Francisco. Um, we had both basically just moved out there and we're both right. from the Rochester area. He's from Brighton. I'm from Pittsburgh. And, and we found each other. And Tom and I on paper are quite different from each other. Tom is is quiet. He's athletic. Yeah. He's an uh, architect. He's very precise. Yeah. And I am the probably the opposite in so many ways. I'm sort of a big personality. I'm messy. I'm like a collector. I collect kitschy things. Mm. And we actually found a balance together where Tom would be like designing furniture in the house that was all like handmade of wood and gla- like beautiful crafted things, which I would then take a Kermit the Frog and put in the middle of. And it just kind of took took something and it made it whimsical and it made it fun. But it also if it was just Kermit the Frog, then it would be like, who's this creep? Yeah. And yet like we kind of found a way to balance each other. And, um, and I really enjoyed the time that I, I got to spend together with him before he uh he moved god you would have hated me i would have been lives. like can you bring home this poster can you bring home <laughs> yeah, that yeah can you bring home baby yoda can you get this bring signed something. can yeah. you get this signed yeah do you yeah. think george yeah. lucas would come over for wine um, <laughs> can i go to skywalker oh, ranch yeah. do you know i hiked around skywalker ranch i have photos of it from a distance why you know well, how be- big is it are you at around I it, went around it yeah because yeah because yeah, I didn't go on the ranch because technically I didn't want to get you know shot, shot by stormtroopers but <laughs> it's like no but it, 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 I guess legally or whatever people are allowed it's trails so you're they're public trails so you're allowed to go on those trails even though probably owners don't like that but yeah you walk by it Skywalker Ranch I still have photos of it on my phone I love it it was a nice it was a beautiful it's day beautiful it's for people who don't know it's Northern California yep. like Marin County Marin County yeah these like rolling hills grassy hills wild grazing animals animals there's a lake called lake ewok in the middle of it Uh. which is a a man-made lake but it's it's actually beautiful but it also serves a purpose because there's no fire department for miles so skywalker has its own fire department and that is like basically the source of water for the skywalker fire patrol that's insane see when somebody (laughs) says to me george you how much money do you want to make i'm like i want to have my own fire department you want your own (laughs) ranch yeah i want my own fire i want a lake i want to be able to say like yep Home municipality. The GPFD. Here they come. Here they come. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. That's what they would do. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Once that family guy won, the uh, the sirens in France sound like gay guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that. I don't remember that one. That's why. That's good. Yeah. uh, Sorry, Corey. We get a little nerdy and we get a lot of, Todd and I do a lot of family guy shit. Hey, Corey. You're my people. You're my people. um, Yeah. So what's it been like with the teaching classes? You have to do them via Zoom, I'm I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Or is that what yep. you're doing yep. now? I mean, it's got to be totally I, different. I, I, I would suppose being in person is a lot easier. You know, you get a feel of the person, but what's it like doing it, um, it the way we have yeah. to now with Zoom and stuff? I've, you know, let's be honest, like my, my world, my kind of thing is about is improvisation, right? Mm-hmm. Which improv in itself is the kind of craft of like dealing with what's in front of you. Like, let's use what we've got and see how we can, you know, make something out of that. It's like something from nothing idea. Uh, it's also about adaptability. So with those kind of concepts, uh, I've actually enjoyed teaching on Zoom uh, from a very practical standpoint. Like in the past, like to teach a class, I'd have to get in my car and drive mm-hmm. across a bridge and go to a place where then I would have 10 people sitting around and we would tell our stories. Then I would drive and, you know, so like all of the time that it saves us 
not schlepping around and not having to like go from place to place has been kind of nice. And so I can actually teach more classes from like my living room or from my bedroom or wherever. Um, that said, I really miss performance, like live performance, like being in a theater, like a comedy club yeah. or a, a theater and hearing an audience laughing and responding to you is very different when you're doing it right. in a window on Zoom, you know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was just going to ask, so when you think about coming out of this pandemic, um, have you thought about sca like scaling up a bit? Like, obviously, I think there's more books in you from this. Like, I can't wait to read this mm -hmm. book. And then I think you probably have more a few other books in you. Um, yeah. But then scaling up, is, is it scaling more to businesses? Because me being in it, I kind of have some ideas. So you and I are definitely going to talk post show for sure yeah, we're going to stay absolutely. in touch and by the way don't forget to give me your address i'm sending you both um a copy of the book oh so, thank you no uh, no i will for sure this. but i i definitely yeah, want I mean, to I, engage with you more on other things because i even last night and in, in speaking with my teams i just had some ideas and i'm like you know what i think we may have something here because the the, the power of storytelling great. yeah i do it but i think it means something different when you hear it from somebody else and um anyway i don't want to take up the show with that we we're definitely going to talk about it but it's a big yeah. part of the show too. But we to, make answer, to answer your question, happen. yes. Like if there's people who have a company that could be telling better stories or a, work with a school, a nonprofit, a storytelling organization, let me know. Check out my website, which is my name, CoreyRosen.com, yep. and you can get in touch for classes, workshops, things like that. Or now, since I'm doing like these author events, I'll basically come just do like a talk at your at your company about about this, about storytelling, and kind of give you some tools for how you can you can tell better stories, whether they're case studies, customer stories, yes. um, or or connecting with each other. Like it's it's through it's the that. pandemic, it's the that's what storytelling. Yep, yeah. it's the customer stories, but it's also the engagement piece, and it's engaging with yeah. with others and and more like a, you know because people use team and teamwork all the time. But I want to you know to me that's just the, the that's the foo foo stuff. I want to go deeper, but it's really yeah. that customer engagement because I think about going in the future and coming out of this pandemic, and a lot of our listeners have their own businesses or or work for big companies. Um, you know, they, they've all been, been saying to me too, it's like, you know, George, we're thinking about how we're going to, you know, reopen, you know, we're going to see this re resurgence of traffic and, and hopefully a surge of new people that want to, you know, hopefully this, this pandemic has taught people and, and trained people to want to explore a little more. Like there's a lot after being home for so long and doing your routine, it's like, you know what? I could try something different. Let me try here. Let me drive an extra five miles and try this or do that. And so with this resurgence and this surge of new people, you can't just open your doors and be like, Hey, welcome everybody. It's yeah, it's, here's all my stuff. No, you've, you've got to create something different. It can't just be business yep. as usual. Mm -hmm. It really can't be. I agree. I agree. And I think that there's this gestation that's been happening too. Like we've all been cocooned for so long. I feel like everybody has a kind of pandemic story or so. Like a lot of us have, have changed in the year that we've been sort of apart from our families or close friends or travel experiences or things that we would have done. Sure. So I think we're going to hear a lot of interesting stories about how people have changed. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah. two last things for me. One, what was the, what was the first story that you actually told that got this whole other career? Like, was there a story you told that got this other career going that, that, that got this thread going? Yeah. Do you want to hear the whole story or part of the story? Cause it's a little long, um, but I can tell you, we could do part of the story. 
Do it in a minute. Say a part of this we'll time. You. <laughs> we'll time, time you. Or I could even I could I could do a tease, and then if people want to hear the hear the whole story, oh, yeah. it is go. on my website. So there we go. There. Yep. And yep, I'll put so, that in the notes. So this is the story that kicked things yeah. out for me. Um, and the the short backstory is that the theme of the night was secrets. And in thinking of what story was I going to tell for this show, I went through a list of things that I thought were secrets about me, and they all seemed boring. They were like, uh, that's not really good. That's not really a story. And then I started thinking, what's a secret I know about somebody else? Hmm. Or what's a secret that somebody trusted in me that I maybe betrayed? Like I started to find, like I started to expand the parameters of it's not just my secrets that I'm confessing, like that guy I told you about, but like what's another secret? So I... Um, it reminded me of something that had just happened about six months earlier where I was cleaning out the apartment of an elderly relative in Long Beach, California, who had just died, a family member, and he didn't know he was going to die. Like he had gone into the doctor for like a routine procedure and ended up dying. So it was one of those things where like he hadn't like necessarily like, like, prepared, you know, prepared the, the the playing field for this. And I was in his apartment the first time I was in his apartment before anybody else had been in there. And I discovered his secret. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what the, the story teaser. is. Premise. That's the tease. That's yeah, the porch like that. of the story. Yeah. Can we guess what the secret no. is? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, totally. No, guess the, yeah. no. <laughs> guess I mean, I mean I'm not going to tell you right Come now, but I will say that the structure of that kind of a story is exactly that. I want you to be guessing. I want you to be to be waiting for the secret, to be listening and waiting to what is the secret. So as you tell the story, anybody who's telling a story, what you really want is you want the audience to to not to be three steps ahead of you, but to be like, you know, along for the ride and interested in not just like what happens, but how it how it was. So how old was the, this person? That's really the fun of storytelling. How old was the person? He was eighty two. Oh, okay. I was gonna say bondage, but I'm gonna I Good wow. guess. Good guess. Oh, thanks. You're right. You're I was in the ballpark. Right. That was the secret. It was I was in the ballpark. George, you have a guess? Yep. You want to venture? You were in the, you were in the ball gag. The you ball gag. Yeah, yeah, you got there. I wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. It's hey, my now. cousin Norman guess? story. If you're looking for it, you it's my cousin I, Norman. I don't. Oh. I don't have a guess. So I have it. You know, this is what we need to do. Okay. Because this was such a great guess and, you know, time goes so quickly. But I think what we need to do is get Corey, Tom Cross... And Scott and all of us just talk, do movie stuff, talk, do a whole episode oh. about talking movies. How great would that be? That'd be I'm, amazing. I'm super down. Do you know Tom right Cross? Now. Did you ever meet Tom Cross? He's from Brighton. He's, too. From Brighton. he's a film. He's the film editor. He did um, uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. He won an Oscar for and Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Bond, and he just finished Bond. Uh, 50. Oh yeah, the new Bond. Yeah. So if we get Scott, the three of us and Tom, I think that would be a really cool show. I don't know what we would base everything but just talk movies and i'd love to do that let's do it in may i love yeah. doing it in may before theaters and everything really get going again sky right. you want to play Corey? would you oh, yeah. would you yeah, be up for definitely. that i'm totally up for that cool let's do that i love it that's a great idea all right bye that's a really no. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway last question one quick thing yeah for budding authors storytellers leaders one piece of advice you could give them that they could walk away with today and try out oh, great. this afternoon. Uh, the the I think the best advice that that I could give to somebody who, who kind of wants to I think a lot of people that uh, aspire to write um, have the same criticism of themselves, which is like I should just do it. I should just do it because their problem is that they're right. not writing. Is that they're talking, they're thinking about writing. They maybe 
blame writer's block or that kind of thing. So my advice is is just do something like like tell your story to someone. It feels less precious than sitting down and writing your story. Uh, something that held me back for a long time from actually doing a lot of writing was this fear of the blank page or this fear of it being bad or being okay. It's okay to be okay, you know? If you say, I think I've got this story to tell, just try telling it to someone. Call somebody up and say, Agreed. hey, I've got this idea for a story. I'm just going to tell it to you. Um, that's that's getting you sort of over that first hurdle and on your way. And back in the day when, you know, back when there was like, you know, people would do things in person, I would sometimes do this in like Lyft or like Uber. I would get into like an Uber and I would have a captive audience. I would say like, hey, can I tell you a story? Yeah. Like I would have a complete stranger and I would basically force that because I never had somebody say, no, you may not tell me a story. Like everybody wants to be told a story yeah. and I would tell that person a story and then I would get real time, honest feedback from that person, usually in the form of like, oh, that's pretty good. Or or they would laugh or they would they would ask questions. Questions are good because yeah. then that indicates like, oh, I need to go into more detail about that. So my, my advice is. Tell tell a story to someone. Tell the story. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah. And then that's go to a, the blank. Tell the story, then then go to the blank page. You got to hear it. Rehearse yeah. it once or yeah. twice. Because writing think, writing itself scares a lot of people because once it's written down, it feels precious. It feels like I can't. I work so hard on that. I can't change it. You know. Yeah. So telling it, speaking it, feels a lot less precious. Agreed. Just say yeah. it. And and to follow up with that, I got to tell you, I've been doing the vocal emails, verbal emails. I review them before I send them, but instead of typing an email, I literally just do a voice email and it comes out so much better. <laughs> instead of just sitting there going like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. it's like, I just, it's like almost like a doctor, like, uh, you know, so-and-so with a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to yeah. throw in a stent and make sure I get the tuna on Roy. Right. right. It's the easiest way and to do it. It's faster and it's faster. You say it the way that you want to say it's it. You're not exactly. sitting there like, oh, yep. um, uh, in reference to the, you know, like you're not writing it. I love it. Well, cool. Corey, thank you so much for your time yeah, Corey, and, and calling great. in from the West Coast all the way from San Francisco. Uh, ladies and gents, we've been talking with Corey Rosen, storyteller, improviser, and teacher. His new book, Your Story Well Told, is now out. You can grab it on Amazon. Don't be shy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corey's also going to be doing a series of podcasts coming up and some appearances. You can go to CoreyRosen.com. CoreyRosen.com. And check it out and check him out as well. Corey, check him out. Yeah. Corey, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you in May with the rest of the gang when we do this movie thing. Todd yeah, that'll and I'll, be a lot of fun. Todd and I are going to, it's a great idea. So thank you for I'm that. I'm an idea guy. You are an idea guy. <laughs> and uh, we will we will uh, work out what that's going to look like. And we'll have you guys back Beautiful. on in May. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And then as I said, Corey, I'm going to send you an email separately. So we'll stay in touch. Um, because Hear I that? do think there's uh, there's a couple things I'd love to uh, love to uh, get from you, and and hopefully maybe there's some business we can do. Yeah, I feel like Scott should play a song now as you uh, wrap it up and you do <laughs> no. the off ramp. No, no. <laughs> no. Todd, I do a quick summary. That's it. There oh. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Corey. We appreciate it. And I will be Thanks, in touch. I'll be in touch with you this afternoon. Thanks so much. Take care. Now you Thank see you. what I loved about that whole interview. Yeah. Like I could have gone just with talk George Lucas stuff. I mean, oh, that, that's I, why I brought up that idea. I, I mean, not that I'm not downplaying why we brought him on with the storytelling. No, but when but, he hit that, it's like, 
Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure Scott was the same way, you know, I was oh my frothing, God, movie guy. I was frothing at right. the mouth when I saw all that. And yeah. I was like, I got to talk to ILM. I mean, that's one of the things Tom Gastel said in the chat. He was chatting me and he said, yeah, I have a friend of mine, da -da. he used to work at ILM too. Yeah. And I knew, I, I didn't have to spell it out. I knew exactly what that was. Right. I, was like, <laughs> I already yeah. knew I wanted that. No, it was great. And, and the, then the story, to, uh, all that stuff, even what he was just talking about when, you know, to talk it out and hear it out is the, that's what I do on stage. When I go up and do stand up, I'll go up with a premise. I don't write it out because I'll just I'll just fumble over it. I just go up, try it out, put it out there, see how it works, listen to it back, and then you know fine tune it from there. Yeah, so, and what and what's great is that the just having Corey as a guest and the fact that he had one career, he still has it, and he's built this second career. Mm -hmm. Um, it just kind of validates everything that we've been saying and, and, and that storytelling is probably the medium that's the most important, whether it makes storytelling makes a great movie, mm -hmm. it makes a great speech, it makes a great meeting, it makes gr for great advice, and it's a great tool for learning. I think some of the best teachers, think about some of the best teachers we had, mm -hmm. there weren't many mm -hmm. in, <laughs> no. growing up in school, but some of the best teachers we had were the ones that had those stories. Right. So. And uh, so if, guys... That's, That's the great. advice. Storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. Say goodbye, George. Goodbye, George.